Hello, and welcome to the Flip and Shift podcast. My name is Julie Walls. This podcast was based on the Flip and Shift's tagline, flipping your thinking to then shifting your behavior. The Flip and Shift podcast focuses on temperament to then how we evolve in our thinking to which influences our behaviors. We create belief systems throughout life, which affects the outcomes in our lives. Did you know that you can reprogram these belief systems? to produce the outcomes you so desire. No matter what you're dealing with, there will always be a solution for you. So this podcast should give you some hope. Yay! With each episode, we'll be chatting with leading experts in the field that have overcome struggles of their own. They found their way to overcome areas in their lives that needed focus and are now actually helping others to find their way. We all have a story to share. Let's learn from our past to change our future, and most importantly, inspire and help others along the way. If you are wanting to feel empowered, inspired, and are ready to make those changes in your life, you are subscribed to the right podcast. And hey, thank you so much for your support. Now, grab your favorite drink or snack, turn up the volume, kick back, and enjoy this chat. Today, we have an exciting guest. His name is Brad Walsh. He's from the Visuforia Boudoir Photography Studio. This is a very talented boudoir studio. And Brad is the owner and the photographer. He's very talented, you guys. You guys should check out his Instagram page, his Facebook page. And you can find his work at http colon forward slash forward slash. And I'll put this in the notes, www.visuforia.ca forward slash. So you guys check his workout. It's phenomenal. It's, it's honestly breathtaking. Brad is also the podcaster for the widely popular, the Empowerography podcast. You guys, I've been on his podcast. It's amazing. He's a mentor to me. He also is the founder of the first annual Empowerography International Live Conference. I was so honored to be a part of one of the panels, and we're going to be talking about that today. But we are going to learn his journey into his work with photography and how he kind of transitioned into the podcast world. So without further ado, (laughs) hello, Brad. How are you? Hello, Julie. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm truly honored to be part of your platform and be here with you today and chat. The honor is honestly all mine, and you know this, <laughs> and I'm not blowing smoke, all right? All right. So Brad, yes. I want to know a little bit more on a personal level, details about you. So I hope you're okay with yeah. sharing just some personal details. Not a lot. I'm not diving deep. Okay. So where are you from? I was born and raised here in Toronto, Canada. Okay. Born and raised. Never lived anywhere else. That's where you're from. Uh, That's where sorry, you're Sorry, I lived in Oshawa, Ontario for... Three years, I think it was. Yeah, three years when I was a kid. I moved there when I was 10 and turned back to Toronto, actually the same neighborhood when I was 13. So, oh, awesome. It's so only it's you... Oshawa is like 35, 40 minutes up the road from Toronto. Up the so is, it a big commu- is it a big community? No, it's small. I mean, Oshawa is the home of General Motors. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, fairly decent sized community. Were you raised? Did you have both parents? My parents, when we moved to Oshawa, parents split when I was 10. So okay. within a year of us being there, my parents split and okay. we ended up leaving and my mom just picked my brother up and I and left. We left with nothing, the clothes on our back. And we moved wow. into a one bedroom apartment that was across from where we were living. My grandparents lived in that apartment building. So we moved in there. So because my mom was 
now a single mom and she hadn't worked in over 10 years because in those days, the women stayed home to raise and look after the kids while the man went out to make the money and support the family. So she hadn't worked in over 10 years. So she had to reintegrate back into the working world, get a job to support her kids. And so we moved into the apartment building where my grandparents lived. So my grandparents could help my mom out obviously and help raise us. So my grandmother was very big, big part. My grandparents are very big part of my life. And that's what I was wondering. Cause yes. you, I mean, obviously you've kind of surrounded yourself with empowering, inspiring women. Yeah. So I was kind of wanting to get a backstory on you on that. So yeah. Yeah. So cool. yeah. My, my grandmother had a huge part. I can remember my mom saying to me many times that when we would be out, people sometimes thought my grandmother was my mother. That's how close oh, we were. Okay. So yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. and you had one brother, no sisters. That's right. Okay. Gotcha. So now fast forward, you know, you kind of had some trauma there, you you know, divorce is such a Uh huge trauma, that transition. I'm sure you witnessed your mom, you know, on the struggle bus, like myself didn't work for years and getting back into the workforce. I I try to find comparative stories there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fast forward. You met the love of your life, your wife, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then you have children. So do you have all girls or some boys? Two girls. Two girls. Okay. Okay. So I'm kind of wanting to know how Mm -hmm. you got into the photography world. I know you're talented because I've looked at all of your photos and I'm like blown away by all of them. So you knew you had this talent, right? I was bit by the photography bug back when I was a teenager. I took photography in high school. So back then we were shooting on film. I was shooting black and white film. I was developing my own images in the dark room in high school. And that's where it all first started for me. That's where the love affair with photography first started for me. But as far as photographing people, I never wanted to photograph people. That was the last thing on earth I wanted to photograph. I was more into architecture and landscapes and things Mm -hmm. like that. Urban exploration, abandoned buildings and I found that that. there was just such beauty and abandonment in these buildings and houses and whatnot. And it wasn't until I was in my 40s, I guess, that I really got into photographing people. I was working as an audiovisual technician at an accounting firm. I was there for 12 and a half years. And I would say about three years into my career or job there, because I was there for so long, I was voluntold or tasked with the responsibility of doing the headshots for the corporate staff because they needed portraits taken to send out to potential businesses to bring new business into the firm. So I was tasked with that responsibility. And that's where I actually fell in love with photographing people is doing their headshots. So I still do headshots, but boudoir is my main focus. Okay. I need to know. (laughs) Inquiring minds want to know. So as a male, okay. I don't want to throw that you know, no, out there, okay. but okay. So you were doing all this landscape, architectural photography, you started doing headshots mm-hmm. and then how did you kind of evolve into the boudoirs, which first and foremost, some folks don't even know what that is. Right. So can you explain what that is first and foremost? Sure. Boudoir photography is a genre of photography used to empower women and instill confidence in women. It's beauty photography. It's all about women's empowerment making women feel beautiful, showing women themselves in a light that they don't normally get to see themselves in, accentuating the body, the female body, and showing women their true beauty. That's what that's all about. It's instilling confidence and helping women to feel confident in who they are and love their bodies a bit more. I'm a little naive. I got to throw this out. That's okay. Okay. So when I thought of boudoir photography, honestly, I think about 
<laughs> it sounds crazy. But then I looked at your work and I'm like, uh, yeah, no, I was completely off. But I know of friends that want to do like sexy gifts for their partners mm-hmm. or their husband, you know, yep. their husband or their partner. Yep. It goes beyond that. Right. So yes. even if you, okay. All right. Cause I want to make sure that my followers, your followers are clear on that, that it's not just about the pleasure for the man or whatever. No. It's about empowerment, right? Yeah. See that that's a big thing. So with all of my potential clients, I do appreciate consultation. And that is one of the questions. So I have a list, a questionnaire that I go through with each one of my potential clients. And one of the questions I ask them is why they want to do this. Why are, why are you wanting to book a boudoir shoot? And I have had women say, because I want to, I want to do this for my husband or my wife or my partner, whatever the case may be. And right. that I try and instill into my clients that no, no, that's great that you want to do this for your partner. But first and foremost, this should be for you, not for them. The images are a byproduct of the experience. Yes, yeah. the images gift to your partner. Sure, that's great. But first and foremost, this experience should be for you and about empowering you and instilling confidence to you. Then the images, sure, if you want to gift those to your partner, great. But first and foremost, this is about you. This, is, this whole experience is about you. Another big thing, because there's a, a huge misconception that lingerie is synonymous with boudoir and yes most women want to wear lingerie during their shoots but with me I tell my clients that you don't have to wear lingerie during your shoot if you want to wear ripped up jeans or and and a tank top we can do that I want the women to feel comfortable and beautiful in what they're wearing so if they don't feel comfortable beautiful wearing lingerie I want you to bring whatever's going to make you feel comfortable whatever's going to make you feel beautiful whatever's going to make you feel sexy and empowered that's what it's about. It's not necessarily just about lingerie. You don't have to wear lingerie. And I tell all my clients that, that you do not have to wear lingerie. It's not a prerequisite. That's amazing. Okay. Cause first and foremost, I know a lot of women and I just, I want to get your thoughts on this sure. and which is fascinating because you said you kind of do a prerequisite type questionnaire. Like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of women come in and they're like, all right, the panel number three in the Empowerography conference <laughs> yeah. was a lot of light bulbs. Yeah. But you know, I think a lot of a lot of women and your focus is for on women right there's no male boudoir I fo- I there I mean I would photograph males if they want I photograph couples as well Oh cool cuz okay. some couples want to do shoots Oh awesome yeah. Okay so my question is you get these women that are really truly they're like okay I have to get my body in a perfect state right Mm-hmm. in order to be exposed on camera and you know they walk in with their lingerie and they is there a nervous energy with them yes. or are, okay. a lot of them yes not all some of them are already ready to, they're confident enough they feel good enough not sorry not confident enough but they feel they're okay with it but yes most often think about it you're, you're going to be standing in your underwear in front of a stranger so yes there's yeah. a vulnerability there but I think that part of my process leading up to the shoot is building that rapport and that trust because obviously a woman and a man relationship in terms of photographer versus client you need to establish that trust that has to be there as opposed to I think it's a little bit more comfortable for women some women with a woman photographer I mean I haven't personally experienced that all of my clients have been very comfortable with me being a male and obviously they wouldn't be coming to me if they weren't so Right. There's a little bit of a difference there, but I established that trust and rapport with my clients leading up to their shoot by starting with the, the pre-shoot consultation. And then of course, throughout the time leading up to the shoot, I tell them they can reach out anytime with questions. If you have concerns or things you want to talk about, 
feel free to reach out to me at any point leading up to the shoot. I try and keep things very light and fun in the studio. Music going. And I mean, one of the yeah. questions I ask in my questionnaire is what type of music do you like to listen to? This way I get an idea of what kind of playlist we want to put together for the shoot to have playing during the shoots. And I'm constantly showing my clients the back of the camera to keep them comfortable while we're shooting. Say, look at how amazing you look. These photos are turning out great. And there's constant communication throughout the shoot. I want to keep the client involved as I can. I have so many questions. Sure. <laughs> I, don't know how much, I don't know how much time we have here because this just <laughs> alone is, it could be a whole nother conversation. So first and foremost, I almost feel like there's probably a lot, and I do, I deal with a lot with women and, and men that deal with limiting belief type, mm-hmm. you know, systems going on in their brain. Yeah. What's a common type limiting belief that you see from women? And number two, before Mm -hmm. I throw this huge loaded question at you, my thinking is you almost have to have a kind of a somewhat deeper understanding of what women deal with, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to know too, and you can answer this after the first question, Mm -hmm. how did your upbringing influence your kind of innate natural ability to, you're almost like a coach, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right, Almost. a yeah, I guess coach. You could, yeah, a psychologist, coach. Yeah, but I don't have the. I would never say that I am because right. I'm not. Disclaimer. I don't have the Disclaimer. Accredi- yeah, <laughs> I don't have the accreditation. But a common thing that I've seen and get is I have to lose weight. I'm not ready to do this. My body's not where it should be. And I yeah. always tell the women that no, now is the time to do it. You want to celebrate your body and who you are right now. You're perfect the way you are. Let's celebrate that through the images and the experience now. No, you don't have to lose 10 pounds to book your shoot. You're beautiful the way you are. As far as my upbringing, I was raised by women. So I was taught from a young age to value and respect women and appreciate women. And just being around that female energy, I guess that's just nurture versus nature, right? That's that's what I always saw. That's what I was taught. Well, did your mom and your grandma struggle with those types of issues or were, did you see that they were more self-confident and you're like, okay, I witnessed that because we're witnessing our parents, right? Either overtly or, mm. you know, they're verbalizing things. So there's that mental, physical behavior component. So did you witness your mother and your grandmother be very confident individuals? And then now you're dealing with women that are not so confident. And then are you pulling back from your experiences with your grandma and mother and kind of sharing that or no? My grandmother was more confident. My mom hates her still to this day, hates her picture being taken. She cannot stand. Okay. Okay. My grandmother was more confident. She didn't mind her picture being taken. So I guess I'm pulling a bit from both, right? From my mom and my grandmother with how they, how they were. And, but they always instilled in my brother and I confidence and be confident in what you do and be confident as a person. And you can do anything Mm -hmm. you want to to do in life. And this is something that my wife and I passed on to our girls as well, is that Mm -hmm. you need to be confident in what you do and you can accomplish anything you want in life. And don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't. That was a huge, huge thing for us. And I think this needs to be instilled in kids from a very young age among all parents. All parents should be doing that with their kids is instilling these values that, you know what, you can do anything you want in life. Don't ever let anybody tell you you can't. Be confident in who you are. And confidence is not something that's easily come by. That takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of self-work. I mean, it takes practice and and constant self-work. So We've always tried to instill that in our girls as well. But my mom and my grandmother instilled those values into my brother and I as well, always. Yeah. And I think what your work is, okay, I just want to share this. So what he just said is absolutely important for those that are tuning in. 
The other way to create more confidence with yourself is stepping outside your boundary. That's one of the questions you ask in all of your podcasts, in most of your podcasts. You know, how do you push yourself? How do you empower yourself? And stepping outside of your comfort zone, taking a chance and doing boudoir photography is Uh is a way to start helping yourself build that momentum towards confidence, right? Awesome. I love everything you say. Okay. So we're doing the boudoir photography and then Mm -hmm. how did you transition over into, you just didn't wake up one day and go, I'm going to start a podcast and it's going to be called a powerography. How did you get there? Well, I mean, I'd wanted to do a podcast for quite a while and I just kept putting it off and not doing it and always made excuses. And it was really born out of COVID. I I have to say I had started the podcast back in 2019 And I was speaking with a woman the other day about having her on the podcast and we were talking about this and I was telling this story that, you know, I started the podcast back in 2019. I did eight episodes and, but I said, part of me wants to just forget about that part of it. And she says, no, don't, you can't do that. Look at that as a warm up or a pre Mm -hmm. pre preseason warm up or a pregame warm up type thing. Right. So in 2020, because I couldn't shoot because of the pandemic, I had shoots lined up and I had to cancel them because of what was going on with the pandemic. Can't be shooting during that time. And I heard people complaining and whining about the fact that they're stuck at home and they don't know what to do. And this isn't fair and they don't like this. And I just thought, you know what? I can't deal with that negativity. I don't want any part of that. I'm going to actually flip this whole situation on its ear. And this is the perfect time right now where I can give it 100% focus and reignite the podcast. So it was born out of that. I just thought, you know, this is the perfect time to take advantage. I want to take advantage of this time and do something positive and give back and do something good with what we are stuck in. Yes, there's a lot of negativity and there's a lot of bad stuff going on right now with COVID. And I mean, it's tough, but I want to create something good out of this. So that's where it was born. That's where the idea was born. I thought this is the perfect time to reignite it and really dive 100% headfirst into it and do something with it and put it on social media, talk about what I was doing. So that's where it was born from. And it's so crazy to me, because that's just a testament of your alignment, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you kind of, I'm sure that whole experience of transitioning into boudoir photography, and then seeing, you know, constant reassurance, constant needing some self-empowerment in women. And then what a perfect, you do this all the time, right? You're always doing, I mean, you're a booked out guy with boudoir photography. (laughs) And then, so it's your livelihood and you're, you're constantly reminded you're like, all right, there's a need here, (laughs) right? There's a need to put this out there to the world that we need to empower our women. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to know, because some podcasters kind of go all over the board at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Did you know setting out, you're like, I'm going to talk about empowerment? Yes. Yeah, that was yes. okay. that was a thing I wanted to differentiate because, I mean, you know this as well as I do. Everybody in the mm-hmm. dog has a podcast. So I wanted mm-hmm. to set myself apart and differentiate myself by focusing solely on women. Women who are in the entrepreneurial space or women who work in the corporate world. Women that have a story that they want to share. So yeah. I knew right out of the gate that that's where I've got to go. And I figured that would be a great niche market. And now, I mean, with COVID back last year, that was the perfect time to start something like that, to really put it out there and get it out there because of what was going on in the current climate of the world. I figured mm-hmm. now is the best time as any. So, Yeah, absolutely. And the Me Too movement helped. I mean, there's just so much momentum happening for when yeah. we have a lot of a lot of ways to go. Yeah. But I know that you just completed your, let's see here, you're over 100 episodes, which... Yep. 
Bravo to you. you. You're, you. you're a self-producer, correct? You don't have yeah. a production team. Yeah. That's a lot. You guys, it's a lot of freaking work. <laughs> it is. I you mean, know that, Julie. You know how much work it is. Oh my gosh. I want to pull my hair out some days. And I know that your 100th episode was with Barbie Liss. And so yes. where are you at now with episodes? Where are you? I just published 130. I want to say 134 yesterday, I think it was. Or 130. I think it was 134 yesterday. Hustler. Like, I just want to say hustler. And I think you what? Do how many podcasts a day? How many interviews? I would say on a weekly basis, usually I took this week off because of how busy this, the beginning of the week was, but typically anywhere from six to 15 interviews a week, roughly. Holy buckets. (laughs) That's blowing me out of the water. That's crazy. And on top of that, I know you do your research. So it's the the man hours for the interview, right? Then you've got the production piece to this. And then you also are, you know, you do your homework before you interview folks, because mm-hmm. his interviewing questions are so amazing. <laughs> and Barbie and I talked about that, but you can tell that you're passionate about what you do. And I just want to ask, okay, so yeah. has this whole experience as being a podcaster surpassed your expectation? But as in oh, like my- uh, Yeah, yeah. This, okay. this thing completely lights me up. It sets my soul on fire. I love doing this stuff. Yeah. As of late, I guess maybe part of it is because I haven't been able to, sh- I haven't, I don't think I've shot since November. So okay. part of me is kind of moving towards almost like this cut, this stuff, the podcasting and all of that yeah. is lighting me up more than the photography now. Like really? I, I just, yeah, I just, I love it. Not that the, phot- I mean, photography is my first love and my first passion. It will always be a huge part of my life, but as of late, it's like this stuff right here that I'm doing now is setting my soul on fire more than the photography. Well, I just want to say, because we, we need to transition to this because I'm, <laughs> un, I've been like, last night I was like, I can't wait to talk to him about this. I can't wait. <laughs> but not only have you, you've accomplished 136 episodes as a self-produced podcast, but also set this unbelievably amazing goal for yourself to have the first annual in mm-hmm. powerography international conference from women mm-hmm. all over the world. Right. Yeah. So we had Andy social girls. I don't know exactly where she's from. She's here. She's here from Toronto. Yeah. Oh, is she really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I know cause I, she was on one of the panels, which is freaking amazing on March 8th. So mm-hmm. I first want to say congratulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was Amazing. I was not only a, a participant, I was like, I'm getting my tickets. I'm going to watch every panel. I'm going to listen to all these speakers. But I was, Brad, like, I got choked up when he said, Do you want to be a, on one of the panels? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Who, me? Okay. Yeah. But I want to know how yeah. overall do you think it went? I honestly, I don't think it could have went any better. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. A day full of energy and inspiration. It was just so incredible. It was, I I don't have the words to fully describe it. Okay. I know Cecilia was helping you. You guys Mm -hmm. co-chaired this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how much, I want to know too, because I'm like, okay, how did he put this all together on top of producing 160 or 136 uh, podcast episodes? Was it crazy amount of work to put this together or did it flow pretty naturally? It was was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I mean, we, Cecilia and I started talking about it back in December and I guess you could say we really started getting down to planning and working on it in January. And then it was just nonstop. I was just saying today that, you know, I was saying, I was talking with Cecilia today and I was saying, you know, I almost feel lost right now because the conference is over. 
I don't have all this craziness going on and all this work I need to do. It's like, yeah. this is really weird. I'm in a place where I'm not yeah. constantly going and working on the stuff for the conference and the podcast. Right. And, but uh, yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience. I loved every minute of it. It was amazing. Okay. So I need to know, inquiring mm-hmm. minds want to know, and everybody that's watching, are you doing it next year? Yes, for sure. 100%. You can't, I, I couldn't not do it because of how well this year went. I have to do it. It's, I you had someone comment because I asked in the group, in the streaming group for feedback and someone had posted in there yesterday, I think it was, can you do this quarterly? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I can't imagine. I no, mean, No, it's this... too much. It's too much work. I couldn't do it quarterly. Do you anticipate it getting larger and bigger? And yes. what's your thought? What do you, what's your goals with it? What do you want? I want to turn this into an in-person women's empowerment conference that travels around the world, not just North America or not just Canada. I want it to go worldwide because I think that empowering women and elevating women and amplifying women's voices is needed the world over, not mm-hmm. just North America. Mm-hmm, so that's, sure. that's the ultimate goal for it. That's where I want to take it. And that's what I want to turn it into. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I got chills. Okay. <laughs> oh, so I'm excited. Okay. So my other question would be in regards to your podcast. Mm-hmm. Now we've, we've done the international conference. Now you're going to start moving towards next year's conference, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So that's your next year's goal. What's your goals with the podcast work? What do you want to do with that? Well, I mean, I'm trying to decide if I should continue i set a goal for myself at the end of january that i would publish one episode a day like five days a week for the month of february which i did so i'm trying to decide if i pardon me i said good job on that that's awesome trying to decide if i should continue (laughs) with that for the month of march and because i mean i have more interviews coming in i have more content and i got to get the content that i have left over from last year's interviews out as well so I think for the month of March, I'll probably continue to put out an episode a day, five days a week. I would really love to get some really big name guests on the podcast. I want to ask you, how do you, you already had some ginormous names on the, on the podcast Mm -hmm. and in the, in in the, uh, in the conference, I was blown away by these women. So they were incredible, incredible. How do you connect with these women? I mean, how are you doing that? I just reach out on Instagram and explain. I tell them a bit about what my mission is and what my message is with the podcast. And I mean, that's how it all starts. But I honestly, I have to give thanks and and gratitude to all of the women Mm -hmm. who have participated because they are a huge part of why I've been able to connect with a lot of the women that I've had on the podcast as well, because it just, it turned into this whole domino effect where when I started interviewing women, women then began to tell me, you need to interview this woman. I know this woman, Mm -hmm. I'll connect you with her. And that's, I mean, without all of these women who I interviewed, I wouldn't, the podcast wouldn't be where it is today. So I have to give gratitude and thanks to women like yourself and all the other women who have been on the show because they created these connections for me as well. Without yeah. all of the women like yourself, this podcast isn't even possible. Neither is the conference. So right. all of my gratitude and thanks to all of you women, because the community wouldn't be what it is today. And that's exactly what it is now. It's, it's become yes. this community that we've, yes. that we've grown together. And I want to just continue to move forward and continue to grow that. And I'm having conversations usually daily with women to be potential guests on the podcast and then through these conversations, they're recommending other women as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to continue to evolve and grow. Oh, a hundred percent. And I love your, he, he has a, a podcast lounge group. That's kind of what you're referring to, right? Your, your feed that you have there. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. believe the connections I've even made through that. Yeah. So, it's amazing. And that's what I love about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything you're doing is so awesome, but I want to ask you, are there any challenges that you're, you're dealing with? Challenges? No, not you- really. I mean, I love the post-production part of it because I, that's what I took in school. I love post-production. I love editing and things like that. So I guess more than anything, in terms of struggles or what, it would have to be time, finding the time to do it all. I just want to ask you on a personal, mm. do you plan on outsourcing to, to help with the production piece of this? You said you love doing it, yeah. but what if eventually you're doing, you said you do 15 interviews a week. Well, what if that increases by 20? How are you going to manage well, that? Well, yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> guess I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. But I mean, I would actually like to hire myself out to edit other people's podcasts and get some extra, oh. another revenue Hello. stream. Yeah, I think that's, I might be taking you up on that. So just so you know. Because I, I love that. I really do. I love that part of it. Okay. I love the post-production stuff, the editing and all yeah. of that stuff. I really, truly enjoy that. So my brain just explodes when I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. So okay. I want to ask you, sure. this is going to be a, a different question to ask. Yep. So I know that you, you focused your podcast for empowerment and I haven't seen any males yet. But on women empowerment, I want to know why not a podcast on empowerment for men? I guess just because when I started, I figured this would be a great niche to focus on women. No one, no other man is doing anything like this that I know of that Mm -hmm. hosts a podcast just focused on women. I mean, I know there's tons of women out there doing podcasts to help empower women. I think that's amazing. It's great. It's needed, but there's no other men doing it. And that's why I decided to focus my energy and the podcast on women only it's, it would give me a, an advantage in a way I guess or a unique perspective as the interviewer yeah. being male and interviewing only women so that's why yeah. I just figured this was the perfect time for that I noted that I'm like he's like a one of a kind right <laughs> well and but but the thing is though is that you're setting an example for men that are struggling with that right so but do you feel that in this time right where we're at in in the world in this day of age so do you think that that men also need empowerment because yes, i'm seeing sure. there, there's not anything like that really on spotify <laughs> i mean no. there's more coaching for men but there's not a sense of what is empowerment for men yeah you're right well actually my episode i published yesterday Selena App, she is all about helping to empower men. And she, I know she's starting a podcast. I don't know if she's done any episodes yet, but I know she is working towards that. So okay, and that's why I thought there was some interesting synergy there between Selena, because I had her on my show and she was talking about having me on hers. So there is a little bit of that, but yes, I think it is needed because men, I think that men are brought up to not show that they have emotions and not Mm -hmm. share those things because that's seen as you're not a man because you're showing your emotions. That isn't manly and you're a baby or you're a pussy or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. You're not a real man because you're showing your emotions. So yeah, there are men out there who struggle with that. I mean, I struggle with confidence. Of course I do. Uh I'd be lying if I said I didn't. I mean, I still get nervous and I think this is a good, I was nervous as hell before the conference. I'll be honest. Mm. My stomach was Mm -hmm. in knots. Because I was worried about it going well. And yeah. And even before shoots, I still get nervous before shoots even. Okay. Okay. So it's a natural thing. And for the first year and a half of my business, I was dealing with a lot of internal struggles thinking, oh, did I do the right thing by leaving corporate and jumping ship to try this business? And a year into it, it's like, I'm not anywhere near where I thought I'd be. And I was constantly struggling with that. And I, Mm -hmm. I just, there was a mindset shift where I just thought, you know what? You can't focus on competition. The only competition I now focus on is me. 
as long yeah. as I can look back at my work and see that I'm improving over time, that's the only competition I have. There is more than enough work out there for everybody because I had people to, you're going to leave your job, your steady job to be a photographer. There's tons of photographers out there. Sure there are, but none of those people have my eye or none of the people see things the way I see them. But it yes. took me a long time. It took me over a year and a half to get into that mindset. So yeah. yes, men struggle with all of these things too. Not all men, but men struggle with them too. So yeah, I think it is needed for sure. And you know, what's fascinating from the conference. Mm-hmm. Women talk about fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Women hoard their emotions yep. just like men. So there's a yep. lot of crossover between men and women, but yet I've had male clients. Mm-hmm. There are a difference. There is a subtle difference though, between the two. Yep. And yep. it's refreshing to hear that you acknowledge how you felt about certain aspects or, mm-hmm. you know, getting nervous before you're, you know, you're going after something that you, you set your heart, yeah. your heart and soul towards. But I think that, like you said, men just shove it down deep and yes. how it manifests. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm just going to share this information, yeah. but yeah. how it eventually manifests is we hoard our emotions, we stuff it down deep. And then some men become very volatile. Some men have, you know, hoarded it for so long that it's causing high blood pressure issues. And again, I'm disclaiming I'm not a doctor or whatever, but it's an observation. And I think it's important to teach. And I have two boys and it's terrifying to me, you know, and my husband can have a tendency to be an emotional hoarder or he doesn't really, he just kind of says, all right, we're going to shove it over the rug and I'm going to get focused back on what I need to focus in on. That's not necessarily a healthy approach either. (laughs) So I'm trying to teach my boys to be able to verbalize more about their emotions Mm -hmm. and feel safe to do so. So I think it's amazing that you pointed that out. And I I really appreciate you sharing that. Well, I Um, think that being raised by women helped me, right? That it's okay to show your emotions and it's okay to be emotional as a male. You don't have to stuff everything down and be this macho, you know, machismo yeah I've got it all figured out you know whatever I roll my eyes when (laughs) with that so okay my question is to you and I know you've done 136 episodes and I've listened to majority of them because I love (laughs) your podcast so my question is I know you've asked this kind of in different ways but you pretty much put this question in about every episode is how do you define empowerment Mm -hmm. right So I want to know what your thoughts are. I'm flipping the tables on you. I want you to tell, tell me what your definition of empowerment is. Empowerment is loving what you do and, and sharing it and helping to empower other people giving back. I think what I'm doing with the podcast and what I do is empowerment. I'm helping by giving back and, and sharing what I know and helping to empower other people. I love being able to give back and show people that mm-hmm. they're who they truly are and, and help to empower by giving them, holding space for them, letting them share their stories, letting them share who they are. That's empowerment to me. That's awesome. That's your why, right? Yeah, That's that why the hell you're getting up every day, killing yourself, self-producer, knocking out interviews like crazy, doing a huge international conference. That's your yeah. why every single yeah. time. So that's awesome. I love it. All right. I have one last question because we're getting low on time. So I consider you an amazing man, (laughs) supporting amazing women, giving us all a a platform to have a voice. There are men and there are women Mm -hmm. out there struggling, struggling with self-acceptance, self-empowerment, self-confidence. What words of encouragement just from everything you've 
listened and learned and all these stories that's been shared. What are some words of encouragement that you give to them? Give them a hope rope today. Dig deep and and believe in yourself. Do the self-work because honestly, I think that everything, absolutely everything in life starts with yourself. If you don't love yourself, how are you going to love anyone else? How is anyone else going to love you? You have to do the self-work and believe in yourself, have confidence in yourself. And like I said, that is not easy. I am by no means saying that's an easy thing to do. As like I said, I struggle with it too. At times, I don't feel confident in my abilities and what I'm doing and believe in myself, but you have to believe in yourself because if you don't, no one else is going to. So that's, that would be the most important thing. And that's why I said before that we need as parents to instill this in our kids from a young age so that they grow up not knowing any different that to believe in yourself is just natural. It just becomes second nature. So believe in yourself and put in the work, do the self work. That's it. I, I love it. You're, Thank you. That's awesome. I just love you, Brad. I, you know that <laughs> I share you. it all the time with you. Well, I want to thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you, you know, your willingness. I know you're extremely busy, man. High demand, (laughs) high demand. You're on all these different podcasts. You're doing a podcast. I just want to say thank you so much for your willingness to come on and talk with me today. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure and my honor, Julie. I appreciate you and everything that you're doing. And I appreciate all you did at the conference being part of that. It was incredible to have you aboard and I appreciate you. And thank you for giving me this platform to share about what I'm doing. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. All right, you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can find Brad at www.visuphoria.ca forward slash empowerography. If you want to connect with Brad on Facebook, just put in the search bar empowerography podcast or his photography studio Mm -hmm. name, which easy connect there. So thank you so much for tuning in today. We really appreciate it. Hope you will tune in next time when we chat with Dr. Jadan. And thank you so much and have a fantastic day. Thanks, Julie. See you later. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Wow. What a great episode and a special thank you to our expert today. I hope today's episode inspired you, empowered you, and gave you some hope today. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. Cheers, my friend. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, review, or even share this podcast to someone who needs hope and inspiration. You can connect with me at www.flipinshift.com. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and even Clubhouse at Flip in Shift. Please join me next time for another expert chat or Survivor Talk.